You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, final hour on this Mead Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. In case you're wondering, we have ribeyes and curly fries for Meat Friday. And once again, who has it better than we do? Nobody. 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 Got a bunch of snow here, about 10 inches worth. And we've got a fire pit going outside. Got the grills fired up. This is great. Snow beers after the show. This is great. This is great. Sunday night, season finale. It's Justin Herbert and my Chargers going to Las Vegas to battle the Raiders. Winner take all. Playoff spot on the line. Festivities begin Sunday at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Say good morning to Peacock. Those watching, our streaming partner, and those listening on our radio affiliates, including Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio affiliates around the country. I mentioned this last week when I heard that Caleb Williams was going to be in the transfer portal. Now, he's the great Oklahoma quarterback. Took over for Spencer Rattler and was a very dramatic uh, player. He was... uh, Responsible for 27 total touchdowns as a uh, freshman. Now, when you think of free agents, and that's what he is. He's the hottest free agent out there. You just had your coach, Lincoln Riley, go to USC. I think that common sense is that maybe he's going to follow him to Lincoln Riley. And I was told that's probably not the case, that he could end up at North Carolina. They could end up at Georgia or maybe Eastern Michigan. Yes, Eastern Michigan. I'll explain. So he's got a lot lot of options here. And a former NFL quarterback, former Lions and Steelers quarterback, Charlie Batch, tweeted out his pitch. So he's recruiting Caleb Williams on behalf of Eastern Michigan, his alma mater. Charlie Batch said that he will guarantee $1 million a year, one year, to Caleb Williams if he goes to Eastern Michigan. Now, he's a very successful businessman. Game Above Capital is the name of the company that he's with. Prepared to pay you $1 million for one year. Are you ready to be an eagle? Okay, there's no cap here. Like, you have a salary cap in the NFL. It's the exact opposite in college football. You know, college football stumbled into something brilliant where they don't have to pay the players. They don't have to share any of the uh, the profits here. But they allow you to have name, image, and likeness. And if you can make money that way, then great. But right now, this is the wild, wild west, open for business. And what's going to stop, and I said this before years ago, what's going to stop, this is when T. Boone Pickens was still alive, Oklahoma State billionaire. What's going to stop a billionaire from just going, hey, we're going to pay you $5 million. Come on in. There's no cap. What, what's $5 million to a billionaire? I mean, it used to be you could get ten grand from a local car dealership or a car, or whatever it would take for you to come and sign with this uh, university. That's, that's nothing now. Bryce Young, from what I'm told, made $1.3 million. He made more than Jalen Hurts makes as the starting quarterback with the Eagles. Here's Caleb Williams. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to go to the highest bidder, but this is where we are right now. College football is big business, and here we are in year two of name, image, and likeness. $1 million. 
Now, the market's set. Now, if Caleb Williams wants to leverage that and say, I got a million here. Now, does he want to go or should he go to Eastern Michigan? It's up to him. It's his family. I, I, I even mentioned this. You might get players who go one year here, one year here, one year here. And you're a free agent. Hey, I had this unbelievable season. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Now, what's Oklahoma going to do to keep him? Like, this is what's going on right now. And there are no rules. It's not like they say, hey, you can't make more than a million dollars a year. It's, I, I don't know how you cap somebody's likeness here. NFL has salary cap. I mean, they have a cap. College football does not. But college football said, hey, we're going to give you a scholarship. We'll give you a stipend. But uh, whatever you can do, market yourself, uh, go ahead. And that's what Caleb Williams is doing right now. Yeah, Paul. And the fallout for a school like Eastern Michigan, a good Mac school, is like if I'm on the fence of going to Eastern Michigan or Miami, Ohio, or Ball State, I'm like, oh, so I guess Eastern Michigan has a little bit more on going, if you know what I mean. All you need is one booster who has the money, who's willing to put up that money. That's where you would think Texas with that that you know base, the booster base with the money, or Oregon. You know, Phil Knight just says, um, you want your own shoe? Come on in. Hey, um, you want to meet Michael Jordan? I can get Michael and, uh, you know, maybe you want to uh, have your own clothing line. Like, who knows? Like, if, if you're getting one of those can't-miss prospects and you want to keep him for three years, you name, image, and likeness contract. I mean, what would Cam Newton be worth right now? Got Auburn a national title. That's what's happening here. Yeah, Seton. It was worth two fifty then. Oh, that's right. Hello. Oh, oh we Hey-o. got. <laughs> that's a good point. Boy, Mississippi State should have ponied up, man. Yeah, they, they... should have. Yeah, it. they should have. Yeah, Seton. You almost get the sense though that people are still trying to figure this thing out yes. and wonder what's possible, and that this year was kind of like, oh, dang, but next year it's gonna blow the roof off it. Well, these coaches were apoplectic because they're like, oh, you know, you got people poaching people, and yes. Yes, yes. Just like universities poach coaches, but coaches, they're, you know, they're not sure how to handle this because they can't control it. But Caleb Williams, $1 million to go for one year. And, th- and that might be a bargain. Like, like if you, <laughs> it'd be great. I mean, I love Mac football, but hell yeah. <laughs> Caleb Williams on a Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm with that. It's such a great sport to cover, isn't it? Uh, that's why I, you know, when people say, oh, "Are you tired of Antonio Brown? Are you tired of you know the controversial?" I'm like, no. They they make my job easier. Like I'm fine with Antonio Brown. I don't have to deal with him, but I deal with the fallout of him. Yes, yeah, that Monday morning walking in was like, "This is great." Yeah, I know exactly what we're doing for the next day. I I got you know a. Uh, uh, MVP voter calling out Aaron Rodgers is the biggest jerk. All right. I don't need to pick sides. I, I got a story here. That's why I always love Mike Tyson, Terrell Owens, you know, meta world peace. Give me something to talk about that people are interested in. Yeah, Paulie. Dan, you and I were discussing this the other day. When you work in our job, you don't think like normal people. Like likability is, is story ability. Mike Trout to me is unlikable. 
not, I think he's probably a really nice guy. I'd love to hang out with him, but, but he does nothing for our job. He doesn't, he gives us nothing to chew on. Yeah. Because then you go, Oh, he's a great player. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, and then, you know, we might say something like, well, do you think he ever demands a trade? Uh, you know, if you're the angels, do you trade Mike? I mean, that's about it, but he's not even the biggest personality. You know, you have Shohei Otani. John Stockton is one of the great players of all time, but there was no drama. Dennis Rodman was far more interesting than John Stockton. By the way, watching Chris Paul last night, I got a comp for Chris Paul. You'll never guess it in a million years. Chris Paul had a triple-double helping the Suns get to 30 wins faster than any other team. They beat the Clippers. He uh, had a triple-double, 13 rebounds. And uh, a career high in his 1,128 NBA game career. Yes, Tom? I'm going to guess the little basketball guys from the Atari 2600 that can dribble all around the place and go in and out and buy. Okay, that's not a bad call, but that's not correct. The player comp for Chris Paul, Seton O'Connor? Um, I don't know. All right, thank you. Paulie? I think I just got it. I think I just got okay. it because of what Fritzy said. Okay. Is it a player from the olden days? Mm, Bob Cousy? No. No, that's Seton O'Connor. Yes. This is a player. He's a former player who played another sport. Just retired. Hall of Famer. Has a podcast with a Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald. Wow. (laughs) You went deep. Yeah. Because when you watch Larry, he's not the fastest, the quickest, the biggest. He just, he knew how to play football. Because you would would watch and you go, damn, he's got 108 catches. Chris Paul, when you watch him play, he's not fast. He's not quick. He's not the biggest guy. Can't jump. But he finds little holes gaps he's brilliant and he you can make a case he's the best point guard in the nba now hear me out john moran is not your typical point guard steph's not your typical you know nobody is your typical point guard uh i can make a case kyle lowry might be more of a typical point guard but chris paul to me that's a typical point guard old school point guard and he plays like he's old school but, you know, I thought he was done. You know, when James Harden didn't want him in Houston anymore and he got kicked to the curb and he goes to Oklahoma City. And then I thought, golly, this isn't the way it's supposed to end for Chris Paul. And then he's going to Phoenix and you go, man, he's going to Phoenix. Next thing you know, he's playing in the NBA Finals. But what an interesting career. And you go back to that trade that was on the table with New Orleans and the Lakers that would have sent Chris Chris Paul there. That was a decade ago, 2011. And the NBA was running New Orleans, and they wanted to make sure that that franchise stayed attractive for a new owner, and they nixed the deal that would have sent Chris Paul to the Lakers. What What a strange, strange career for him. Uh, a couple of phone calls here. Let's see. Um, Delhi in Chicago. Hi, Delhi. What's on your mind? Hey, Delhi. 
Bye, Deli. Uh, Jamie in Texas joins us. Hi, Jamie. Hey, BP59180. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little problem with uh, Fritzy. Just a little problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a large problem because it's caused me an accident in the past because some clown was too lazy to shovel the top of his little car, take the snow off. He had a shovel. He said he had a shovel yesterday. He was prepared. And he couldn't do that. And then why not even splurge for the uh, covered parking? Uh, I don't think there was any covered parking at uh, the hotel that Todd stayed at. But there, Jane- there wasn't, but that's a, a valid point, and I should clean it up before I leave. I, the part of the reason I didn't do it was early in the morning, and there was no one on the road, and I was just taking side streets, and I was like a mile and a half from the studio. But I can see the danger in snow falling off the top and then smacking into the windshield of the car behind you. So. Imagine if somebody did that to you, Todd. It actually happened to me once. You think I would have learned a lesson? This yes. was years ago, and I'm like. And I got annoyed because all of a sudden you, you get hit with a bunch of snow and you lose visibility. The windshield wipers can't clean that like immediately. For a few seconds, you lose vision. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. So you gotta, I need to be more sensitive. Yeah. But make sure when you leave here today, all that snow that's on your... I room, will do that. Okay. This yeah. is all just show because it's on air. Oh, I know that. No, you know what he's going to do? Going to have one of the backroom guys. Ray, the intern, is going to be out there. I am going to forbid... Those in the back from helping you clean off your car. They will make sure not, the gate stays closed and I will not be allowed to they leave. They will not help you clean your car. They will not. Uh, Jeff in Detroit is back. Hi, Jeff. What up, though? One time for chat, bro. Two time for my backroom bros on this New Year Meet Friday. What's going on, fellas? I used to give out hell of a tickets for that, man. I would pull up and see somebody with obstructed view. That was a guaranteed now, okay. coupon right there, now, buddy. Jeff used to be a police officer in Detroit. Uh, what's the ticket? What's it cost if you have somebody who didn't clean off the roof of their car? Uh, that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was like a $75 fine. Okay. It was called obstructive view, causing, uh, you know, if you got in an accident, it would it, it exacerbate, you know, it would go up some, but... Just initially pulling you over, giving you the ticket, and you showing up to court. And the judge would always ask, all it takes is for you to go back there, clean it off. All right. All right. Uh, listen, I have a question for you. Okay. With the NFL season coming down to an end, what is the one NFL story that came to fruition that you didn't see coming? What is the one surprise of this NFL year, like the Raiders, uh, Cincinnati doing so well? What do you see as something that you couldn't have seen it at the beginning of the year and it actually came true? I would say the Bengals because, you know, we looked at that division as maybe the most competitive division. And the Bengals are picked fourth, but you have Steelers, Ravens, and then a lot of people thought the Browns were a Super Bowl contender and the Bengals end up winning the division. So I would say that. I mean, you can throw in Antonio Brown, but but I'm not surprised something happened with Antonio Brown in the manner that it happened. I'm surprised Seahawks. I didn't have high hopes for, uh, I thought Stafford would be better than this Dallas. I'm not surprised at Philadelphia. Little surprise there. They, they're, they're, they're an interesting, it's almost their approach is like the Titans that they run the football, but they don't have Derrick Henry. You know, they have a, a multitude of people who can run the football there. Eagles surprised me a little bit. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not surprise me. Um, 
Ravens a little bit not making the playoffs, but they had so many injuries and COVID. Who else would have been uh, under that? Uh, Urban Meyer not finishing the season. By the way, it looks like the Jags are going to interview Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll take a break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Um, Also, the uh, top Bears candidates, there's a list that's out now. There'll be a few lists. I'm not sure who is putting this out, but uh, uh, six Bears head coaching candidates if Nagy is fired next week, uh, according to NBC Sports Chicago. There's, There's one name on this list that we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and it's still there. And I think that there is some validity to it. He's going to be an NFL head coach one day. I thought he would have been a better NFL head coach than Urban Meyer to help out Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. According to ESPN... The Jacksonville Jaguars are interviewing Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich today. He's in his third year with the Buccaneers with head coach Bruce Arians and, uh, of course, working alongside Tom Brady. Leftwich was also Arians' offensive coordinator with the Arizona Cardinals back in 2018. It's not a question of if but when, I think. Byron Leftwich gets a job. He'll also be up for the opening with the Chicago Bears. Another name that is still there lingering, and that is the head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day. I'll go back to when Urban Meyer was hired or going to be hired by Jacksonville, and my Big Ten source said Ryan Day would be a better hire because he would develop Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer will not develop Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Ryan Day is 42 years of age. And I think it's a question of when he does, not if he does. And you had Justin Fields at Ohio State. I think that's where you put one and one together. And maybe Ryan Day would leave Ohio State for the Chicago Bears. I did not see Jim Harbaugh's name on this list of potential candidates, according to NBC Sports Chicago. He should be. I know that there was a Bruce Feldman report that maybe the Raiders and Jim Harbaugh, I could see the Bears if he decides he's going to leave Michigan. Uh, We'll get to more phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You know, the beauty of this job, when you do a national job, a national show, that I can pick and choose what I want to talk about. And I can bounce around. It could be the transfer portal. It could be Antonio Brown. It could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be the snow that we had last night. If you're a local uh, host of a show, sometimes you can't get away from something. Like, you have to talk about it. And uh, we thought it would be fun to have uh, Tom Krasnicki on. He does the local radio show in Tampa, our great radio affiliate, WDAE. Uh, Ronnie and T. Kras, they got off, they do the show prior to ours, and I thought it'd be uh, good to have Tom on to give us what that local perspective is of what's gone on this past season, and Tom joins us now. Tom, thanks for joining us, first of all. If I would have told you a week ago that this was going to play out with what happened with Antonio Brown, you would have said what? 
I wouldn't have been surprised, Dan, because this has been Antonio Brown's pattern of behavior the last three or four years. And as you mentioned, yeah, on our show, we got a lot of Buccaneer fans. Now, there were some fans that were pushing back at us saying, Antonio Brown, I don't care what goes on off the field. He's a dynamic playmaker. He can help us win a Super Bowl. So I don't care about what happens off the field. Those fans, presumably enough, are not nowhere to be found right now, obviously. Um, what bothers you about this story, whether it's the Buccaneers side of this, Bruce Arians or Antonio Brown? Like, is there something that is doesn't match up correctly here? Dan, for me, it's Antonio Brown and what he did last weekend leading up to that Jets game. I mean, who would have thought that the most scoring he would do was off the field last weekend, the night before the Jets game, rather than the Jets game itself. But him complaining about the lack of targets is not really a surprise because he did the same thing in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago that led to his departure. And he was the second most targeted receiver at the half of the game against the Jets. So I'm not sure why he would sit there and start complaining. And then reportedly he went to the Buccaneers and wanted them to guarantee some of his incentives. I mean, You've got the audacity to try and pull that car with the Buccaneers. So his erratic behavior is all over the place, and that's a guy who I think is crying for help. What are the reviews of Bruce Arians and how he's handled it this week? I think very good. I think Bruce has handled it about as well as you can. I mean, he couldn't say much earlier in the week to us via the Zoom calls because lawyers were getting involved. And to be quite honest with you, Dan, I don't think Bruce wanted Antonio Brown here in the first place. And the only reason why he's here, as you know, is because Tom Brady still carries a lot of influence within the Buccaneer organization. So Bruce relented and said, okay, we'll bring him in. We're going to hold our breath and hope that he stays on his best behavior. And it was going well there for a while. And then the fake COVID vaccine card controversy came to a head. And then it didn't take long after that for Antonio Brown to melt down again. But Tom, I'm curious. I don't understand this. If Antonio Brown is, is claiming about his targets at halftime, He's going to check out of the game, but then he does need surgery on his ankle. How, how do you get these targets if you're not capable of playing because you need surgery on your ankle? Some, there, something doesn't add up here. Well, that was his side saying, yeah, the ankle was all jacked up, but he was not in a boot. He was not in a, you know crutches after the game. He was seen courtside at a Brooklyn Nets game the very next night, so... That's what his side was claiming. The Buccaneers claimed that he was cleared to play. He was out there. He was playing. And then for some reason, he didn't want to go back into the game. And as Bruce Aaron said yesterday, you know what? Get the blank out of here. You're done. Because Antonio Brown says that he gave the throat slash. I, I mean, my thought is, you know, I just think he's pointing to get out of here. And he viewed it as a, a throat slash. But this is what AB's MO has been in, in all of his different stops. But there's a moment, I, I, I brought this up to my audience, Tom, the last couple of days. It's, I think, six minutes and 36 seconds to go in the third quarter. And Tom Brady walks down the sidelines, and they, they show this on camera. And he's basically checking in with Antonio Brown, who I think is basically checking out before he takes off his pads. And you could almost see Brady resign to the fact that I lost him. Like, this guy is, has checked out. I, I, I don't know if Brady has – I want to know what he said to Antonio Brown in that situation because it was right after that where I think Bruce wanted him in the game. He said, I'm not going in. He said, get out of here. And Brady's on the field. Well, think of it this way, Dan. I was thinking about this the other day on our show. 
Here's Tom Brady, a guy who vouched for Antonio Brown not once, but twice. He invited him into his home, took him under his wing. No, listen, he's misunderstood. I'm going to take care of this guy. He's going to help us win. And here was Antonio Brown late in the third quarter, down 24-10. He just gets up and leaves Tom Brady, and he leaves his teammates high and dry. And give Tom Brady a lot of credit because he's like, okay, he's gone. Let's go to war with the guys that he has, that, that he has. And with two minutes left and no timeouts, calmly marches him down the field and scores a touchdown to beat the Jets. I mean, that's what kind of competitor and what kind of focus that Tom Brady has. And, and, and it's, that's something that we really haven't shined the spotlight on, that Brady just – Antonio Brown just committed career suicide in Tampa. Tom's got to get on the field and no timeouts, go 90 yards and yeah. win this game – uh, you know, degree of difficulty as at, at a pretty high level. Let's look at bigger picture. How how dangerous is this team as we get to the postseason? If they get healthy, Dan, they could be very dangerous. Now, the big questions are Levante David, Leonard Fournette, Shaq Barrett is not going to play this Sunday. They hope he's ready for the start of the playoffs. So they can get these three guys back and healthy. Mike Evans is now healthy from his hamstring, which is a great sign then I think they're locked and loaded and they can take down anyone in the NFC, including the Packers. Now, I would have Green Bay as the clubhouse leader because nobody in the NFL has a better home field advantage in the playoffs than Green Bay, and they're going to get some healthy guys back, namely Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, and maybe Zadarius Smith. So I think Green Bay has the edge, but with the Buccaneers getting healthy, Dan, hopefully you can't bet against Tom Brady. Tom, great to talk to you. Have a good weekend. Maybe an uneventful week. Do Are you hoping for some? You know, I was just talking about the content factor of I, I don't have any horse in the race here, but you give me content. I loved Antonio Brown here. Uh, are you well, looking for a very simple, methodical, get a win against Carolina game, or are you looking for a little more drama? I'm looking for more drama, Dan. Listen, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, with Antonio Brown out of town to quote Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation, He's the gift that keeps on giving yes, the whole year. Yes, Mark. he does. Thank you, Tom. My best to the folks at WDAE. That's uh, Tom Krasnicki. Uh, he hosts the show, Ronnie and T. Kras, that, uh, the show that precedes ours. Yeah, he was talking about Antonio Brown scoring the night before. He was alluding to uh, someone named Ava Louise. She was with Antonio Brown, and uh, they were uh, in a, uh, his hotel room in Jersey City. And uh, Brown ranted about the league's COVID protocols, allegedly said, bleep the NFL. He also allegedly said to her, I can't wait for you to see what I do tomorrow. I can't wait for you to see me tomorrow. This is from the Daily Mail. <laughs> that's, that's in London. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that Antonio Brown complaining about the COVID policies. Of course he's upset with it. He was suspended for three games, and he surely would have hit his bonuses yeah. earlier in the season if he hadn't missed those three games for lying about his vaccination card. Yeah. Uh, you have the Chargers and the Raiders for the final playoff spot here. I was wondering, of these two teams, which one is the most dangerous? Or are either dangerous? Because I, I view the Chargers. The Chargers have beaten Kansas City and Kansas City. It feels like they have a, a higher ceiling than the Raiders do. You know, we've been down this path with the Raiders before, that they, they're really great at teasing you. 
Chargers, the Chargers still with with Herbert, wide receivers, Bosa. Uh, just feels like they might be a little more dangerous. Yeah, Paul. If you go back and look at the Chargers season, it's like every time you're ready to believe in them, they lose to the Vikings, and then they you know handle the Steelers, then they lose to the Broncos, then they smoke the Bengals, and then two weeks later they lose to the Chiefs. It's like. And then they lost to the Texans, remember, in Week 16? Yeah. Every time you want to buy into the Chargers, it's like they cool off just a bit. I know. But they, they tantalize you. You know, that, that great tease of, man, I don't know. But, I mean, that's why they, you know, you look at these teams. There's certain teams that are just built to be, you know, nine wins, eight wins, seven wins. That's the Raiders every year. And we always buy in in September. It's, it's like a September Heisman candidate where you go, man, looking pretty good. And then all of a sudden you get to October, November, and you go, not so good. Not good. In the words of Brady Hoke. Yes, John. I guess I'm asking you to make a prediction about Sunday night when I ask everybody this. Can you picture us talking more about how wonderful Justin Herbert is and the Chargers are finally turning a corner or Derek Carr not getting the love once again as he leads the Raiders into the playoffs? Is that the poll question? That's my question right now for you. Oh, nothing to do with the poll question. Did we really come up with a poll question today? We have. If your football team played in a cold weather city, what oh, would your oh, stadium, oh, oh, what oh. would you want your stadium to be? And it's exactly fifty-fifty, domed or open. Okay. Well, let, okay. Let's let's take a poll here. Would you want your team, Fritzy, your Bronco team? You you find with an outdoor stadium in the elements. If you had to go to every home game, can they open it like when you want, like a no. sunroof? It's either one way or the Todd, other. Todd, stop. Joking around. I will go with an open one, even <laughs> though I serious. said how comfortable I was in New Orleans. Not Everything doesn't have to be a joke, okay? Okay, I'm going to take it seriously <laughs> this time and say, uh, being a Bronco fan, I think it's very cool to be out see the sky and the mountains and the, the horse and everything. So I'm going to go outdoor stadium. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Seton, do you want outdoor or indoor? Outdoor, okay. for sure. I like when the weather plays a, a role. Okay. Paulie? Even how I was a season ticket holder, outdoor, it's, it's worth the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I But I always say, you know, experience it. Because you might go, yeah, I tried it, didn't like it at all. I went to the coldest game, covered the coldest game in NFL history. Not the Cowboys in Green Bay in Lambeau. It was the Bengals against the Chargers. That's the coldest game. Now, if you could have said they could have played that indoors, I would have said, yes, I'll sign up for that. But... The reason, part of the reason why the Bengals won that game is I think the Chargers had just come from Miami playing the Dolphins, and then they go to Cincinnati. And that weather, when they came on the field, it's almost as if you could have said to Dan Fouts and company, hey, you guys can go back in. You're going to lose, you know, be respectable, but you can go back in and fly back to San Diego. Because you could tell on their faces when they went out there, it's like, oh my. And some of the Bengal offensive linemen had short sleeves on. Like just, oh, you th- oh, is this cold? This is cold to you guys? And I think it really played a, a, a big factor in Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, Paul. The New York City Super Bowl, was that Seahawks-Broncos like eight years ago? Does that sound right? Was it eight? A seven, I can't remember what year it was. Like 2014? Is that right? So that'd be... Yeah. Yeah, so year. Yeah. that game, I think the, the temperature was 42 at kickoff, 44 at kickoff. It was like balmy yeah. for New York. A day and a half later, yes. they got six inches of snow. Yeah. They don't want the elements to play a role in outcoming, you know, the, with the outcome. 
But, you know, if you're a fan and you're going to play in that kind of weather, I remember the Vikings Steelers played, I think, at Tulane Stadium. And the weather was miserable. But that was for a Super Bowl. But, you know, they'll never let that happen again. Uh, Ben in Minnesota joins us. Hey, Ben, what's on your mind? Morning, Ben. Morning, Ben. I'd like to give you a little weather report from northern Minnesota this morning. We had 36 below, and it was over 50 below wind chill. <laughs> and you're speaking of outdoor stadiums. I still think the Vikings should go back to one. Yeah, old Metropolitan Stadium. Yeah. And uh, most of us Viking fans have gotten tired of the Kirk Cousins experiment. So I was wondering if your thoughts are, is there any chance the Vikings could pull a trade off for Watson? Because I know we've made crazy trades with Texas teams before in the past, but I'd just like to get your opinion on that. All right. Thanks. Thank you, Ben. Good luck with the weather. Kirk Cousins is going to cost $45 million next year. <laughs> Baker is $19 million. Could I see... Kevin Stefanski and Kirk D. Cousins reuniting, I guess. I don't know if it's, is that the upgrade you want? If you're going to spend $45 million on your quarterback, do you want to spend it on Kirk Cousins? Can you be in the hunt for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Or, I don't know. Uh and then Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has to want to play there. And you got Mike Zimmer, who it feels like he's, he's got a warm seat underneath him right now. I could see them making a change with their head coach. All right, we'll take a break. If you're watching on Peacock, uh, it's Meat Friday. Ribeyes and curly fries. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts who paved the way for black actors in film sydney portier died today at the age of 94 we close up shop here's arcade fire on this friday sydney portier 94 years of age he was uh, in the movie in the heat of the night guess who's coming to dinner lilies of the field he won uh, his oscar for that movie in 1963 and uh, the line, Todd, that you have been saying over and over today is... They call me Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. <laughs> uh, Sidney Portier. I think... Um, no, I, no, I'm not sure about this. I'm, I don't, I don't want to riff on something I'm not quite sure about with, uh, with Sidney, with his career. All right, uh, final results. Uh, the poll question, Todd. Would you rather your team play in a dome or outdoors? And it's exactly 50-50. I don't know how that is, but 50-50. That means that we did a good job today. We did. That's a sign of a good poll down the middle. And you know what? I'm going to let you do it next week. Promise? Yes. I like it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. 
After Seton tanked? I, I didn't even put it on Paulie's plate. Yes, Seton. Just saying, my poll question that I did that day was 50-52. Yeah, but you didn't want to do it. No, no I know. And don't. I don't even know if those <laughs> results were accurate. I've uh, definitely lied to you about the results and said, Dan, 50-50. McLovin used to do that all the time. But see, that's what made him good at it. I know. I tried to actually find their, oh, crap, I'm supposed to have these. Hold on a second. Let me go see what they are. What I should have done is just made them up. Yeah, just, you know, that's what McLovin did. He just lied to me. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. Hold on, I'm still on my Kirk Cousins. I got Kirk Cousins' uh, career salary, which is gigantic. Hold, please. Uh, Robert in Kansas joins us. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind today? How are you, sir? Not good. All right, I have a quick question. I'll try to make it quick. When these players or kids sign these uh, name, image, and likeness, I guess you call them contracts, some of these businessmen are going to have contracts in place. What's to say they signed their name over to the Koch brothers in Wichita? And all they're worried about is the money. Their career ends here in Wichita, but they still have this contract with the Koch brothers. So basically they own them for the rest of their career. Is that not something people have thought about? Because these businessmen are quite smart. Yeah, but I would never sign something like that. I mean, if you do, then you probably didn't get good guidance there. But that's why Caleb Williams, this offer is $1 million for one year. And if I'm a star quarterback, I, you know, I have as much leverage as in this as well. Like, do you want me? What's it going to cost? I'm not going to sign up long term with you. And if they do own you, what do they? What exactly do they own? If Caleb Williams goes to the NFL and the Koch brothers have a contract with you, well, what is it that they want out of this? You're not going to get his NFL earnings. Nobody's going to sign over that, but. Caleb Williams might do this for one year and then do it again the next year. And I wouldn't be surprised. There's no, there's no rules right now. The NCAA didn't think this far down the road. They're like, hey, we don't want to share any of the money. Name, image, and likeness. Okay, let's move on. That's what happened. It's happened so quickly. This isn't what name, image, and likeness was created uh, or you know, to bring this about where you've got somebody who's sort of saying, hey, I'm for sale. How much? A million dollars. Okay. Now we've set the market. Anybody want to pay me more? Oklahoma, you want me to stay? I got a million dollar offer from Eastern Michigan. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1927 in Hinkley, Illinois, the Harlem Globetrotters played their first game. Also in Illinois, Marion, Illinois, Pete Rose left a federal prison in 1991. Mm. He was uh, popped for cheating on his taxes. Mm -hmm. 1994, this is a busy day. Tanya Harding won the U.S. Figure Skating Championship in 1994. The other thing that happened today, Nancy Kerrigan withdrew from the U.S. Figure Skating Championship because she got hit in the leg with a, a stick or a bat or a pipe the previous day. The Patriots beat the Jags for their 10th consecutive playoff win on this date in 2006. Um Lakers beat the Hawks in 1972 for their 33rd consecutive win, the longest winning streak in major professional sports. That was a big deal. When I was growing up and the Lakers were winning all these games, and you had, you know, West, uh, I think Jim McMillan, Hap Harrison, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Was Gail Goodrich on that team? Pat Riley on that team? Paulie? You got both. You got basically Elgin, Wilt, Jim Clemens. Jim Clemens out of Ohio State. Gail Goodrich, Happy Harrison, Jim McMillan, Pat Riley. 
Flynn Robinson, Jerry West, John Trapp. John Q. Trapp. <laughs> I think it's John Q. Trapp out of Long Beach State. You're a thousand percent right. John Q. John Quincy Trapp. I love that. John Q. Trapp. Uh, let's see. We'll go around the room. What we learned on the program. I'm going to start back left with Fritzy. Ian Eagle, who was disappointed we didn't reach out to him about the vacant Danette position, made a decision two years ago to not check his social media during a broadcast. Are you guys fine with just who we are right now that we don't need to add? Right? I think we proved that we could do this without McLovin. Did before. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> Paulie. Yeah, we had a great week. Uh, oh, Rob- no, no, no. It's not your turn. I have to go to Seaton. Oh. Yes. Yes, Seaton. Oh, the very selfish Ian Eagle put the I in Ian. Yes, he did. Hoarding jobs. Yeah, he's got all these jobs and he wants more. It's addicting. I remember when I was doing Football Night in America, the Olympics, also doing this show, and then somebody offered me something else. I'm like, yeah. I'm just so in demand. Sure. Paulie, uh, what did you learn? Caller named Rhonda said, I'm very dislikable and her least favorite Danette, but she couldn't give reasons. I guess there are too many. Wait, what was her name? Rhonda? No, I think it was Annette, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it might have been Annette. Yeah. It's probably Rhonda that doesn't See, like me. See, once again, that's why they don't, they don't like you. It's just a general sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have a reason why she didn't like you. Join the, the club. Paulie would rather have a reason why you didn't like him. Fritzy, what did I learn? For the safety of others on the road, one should take some time to clean the snow yes, off the top of one's vehicle. Do that now. I'm going to do it. Compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight, the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready for anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thank you. Great week. A lot of fun. We don't miss McLovin. Talk to you Monday.